fight the bass. All right, everyone, welcome to the Hoss Boys podcast. We are happy to be here today. I got Parker on my left. He's on Mike's script from last week. I got Mike on my right. Yo, <laughs> changing my ways. Yeah. Hi, Max. Glad to be here. <laughs> Finally on that script. Today, we're going to be getting into our discussion with American F1 drivers again. We're going to be talking about some Haas things. Got a question from some listeners. And we're going to be talking Imola later. But first, right off the bat, I had a quick question for you guys. If you could pick one team principal to be your dad... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, With man. Zach Brown. <laughs> Zach Brown, man. Which team principal would you pick? That's Both Zach. Zach Brown. Oh, I don't know. Gunter would... Gunter. Also... The... He'd be really entertaining. It He'd would be, be messed up, though. It would be. <laughs> I feel like I could picture that, but I could also picture it being... Pretty awesome. Yeah. It could be pretty awesome. I feel like Zach Brown is like, it's all the money, it's all the fun cars... It's all the interesting job, and he's just like the guy that'll sit you down and be like, "All right, son, let's uh, let's talk through this and this." Whereas Gunter's just like, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine bringing a date home to Gunter. Yeah, mm, right. You know, it's, he has a daughter, right? He does. He's probably so nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. but not to the guy. He's probably a great dad. But also makes an uncomfortable joke as you're <laughs> sitting in his living room. Yeah. Who is the principal for Williams? He seems like he's a cool guy. Joss Capito? The new guy? Yeah. He's a former rally car champion. He seems pretty cool. He is awesome. That's ah. who I would pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. He seems like he would be a super yeah. cool dad. Yeah, I and I think Otmar would be a, a close second for me if is he, a he doesn't cause any more problems. <laughs> is he a principal? No, he's team principal at Alpine. Oh, yeah. Okay, then yeah, he's a great pick. Yeah, yeah. If he doesn't cross the line <laughs> with us, Haas boys, this which week. we will cross that line. Yeah. Later. We are digging up some hard-hitting dirt on Otmar Schnaffenart. What yeah. is underneath that slinket? Yeah. <laughs> now, what's in that night cheese? What you got in that robe? What is in what that, you got night, in that night cheese, Otmar? <laughs> <laughs> he has the dirtiest things in his night cheese. He really does. And we're going to dig them all up. Okay, now that we have our F1 team principal dads, where did we leave off talking about American F1 drivers? Right before our power cut out. We had a crazy storm last week. Just before that died, we were just getting into F1 drivers and what they like to get paid. I think you were talking about... Well, I from what, what I remember, about? I feel like where I was headed with that was to say how an American would become an F1 driver. And that's sort of where we went downhill yeah. and things got slowed down. Slow. That wasn't an edit. That was Mike actually did that with his voice. I could tell the power was going out. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to make this super sick. This might help uh, jog our memories on the American F1 drivers and probably culture because we did have a, a listener. He wrote in, we love questions, so please submit those anytime you feel like you have a question. Or a comment, like this one. Yeah, this was a really great one. Or um, something real mean. It. Or if it's something <laughs> real mean. Really mean and just really horrible. If you know it's in Otmar Schnaffenauer's Dirty Night Cheese, yeah, <laughs> please, you can remain anonymous. Postmark it. <laughs> Postmark it and tell us what he's hiding in that slanket. <laughs> 
We we've seen it that he wears it under his fire suit. We've seen it hanging Alpe- out of. He's not seen wearing it, a fire suit. Been, it's a team principal. Shh, shh, shh. We've seen it hanging out of his 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 pant leg. Alpine. It's just like a little slanket, like a little slanket like tie. Alpine like the, is going like to be releasing a a, an official merch slanket. Yeah, for Alonzo. El, El plan. Yeah. El slanket. Yeah. El slanket nawa. <laughs> So this is a paraphrase from Gabriel Stark. Thanks for writing in, Gabriel. Thank you, Gabriel. He asked, what are your thoughts on America and F1 in the future? There's a lot to talk about. Sergeant, Herta, Crawford, Ugu Chukwu. I hope I'm saying his name right. That one's difficult for sure. And Andretti F1 team and three state side races. There's a lot to digest there. Yeah. Yeah. So as we talk about American F1 drivers, we can also include... America as a whole in the sport, what it has been. Yeah, well, so to kind of go down the history route, again, where Mario Andretti was an immigrated from Italy, American, but was a citizen, he's considered among one of two world driver champions from America. So Phil Hill and Mario Andretti are two American F1 drivers that have won a championship, mm. which is cool. We do have that as a nation where... Max Verstappen is the first Dutch world driver champion. Now, again, America is quite a bit bigger than the Netherlands, but cool that we have two drivers when Mm -hmm. they are so few and far between that have won championships. What era is Phil Hill? Kind of that 1960s through 70s era, similar to your Mario Andretti. Um, And Dan Gurney, who is featured on the wall here. If for uh-huh. those of you who aren't familiar with the Haas Boys basement. That's uh yeah, we say a quick little prayer to him for every time every time we start. Praise Dan. Praise Dan. <laughs> you know, Dan Gurney was um an iconic sports car driver, uh, raced in Formula One. Ultimately, some of the things that have happened in the past and sort of where Haas was getting a lot of scrutiny, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, an American F1 team hasn't really succeeded in its own capacity before. It's always been a struggle, and Dan Gurney was one of those people who started a Formula One team from the U.S. and couldn't really get it off the ground. What was his team name? All-American Racing. All-American Racers. That's pretty cool. So That's pretty cool. I like that name. Yeah, but I mean, to put it into perspective of just how different it was that the U.S. didn't have a team, it didn't Mm. have a driver, Mm. Yeah, they went with something as simple as All-American Racers. The All-American Rejects. And they... (laughs) I'll give you my dirty little slink. <laughs> oh my god. Don't tell anyone or you'll be dead in my basement. Oh my gosh. <laughs> dirty little cheeser. All American Racers is a really cool name. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not bad. American F1, if that was the name, I was like, that's kind of weird. All American Racers, I can get behind that. It's a little better. It's rad. But again, to that point, attempted a team. There was a more successful team in BAR, which you may have heard that term before, but that was British American Racing. Oh, what is that? It was a team that existed through kind of the 90s. Oh, that's an F1 team. Yeah, BAR was an F1 team. BAR became Honda. Yeah, and then Braun from there and then Mercedes. Oh, funny. So the most successful team in Formula One in the last decade was formerly British American Racing. At some time... It's a good omen. Yeah. At some point in history here, America had at least a little portion of the pie 
to a team that has now become obviously a, a giant. But it started started small. Cool. So, cool. Really cool. But to go a little bit further along and maybe transition us up until here and maybe talk a little bit about where this last episode left off. Mm-hmm. Something huge that's been a, a real big part of why there aren't a lot of F1 drivers that are from America that compete in the sport and sort of to get us up to speed to today is just the progression of where you start and what kind of racing you do to get into motorsport. Mm. So in the U.S., there's a lot of that opportunity to race midgets, which if you, you know, the quarter midget dirt racing and on, on an oval. And that's where Jeff Gordon got his start. That's where a lot of these kind of NASCAR drivers start mm-hmm. is those. And you guys have seen this video. The, no idea or, what you're talking about. Well, here's, here's how you'll know. Okay. <clears throat> you know, those weird cars that have like the diagonal fins on I was the roof. Ask yeah. if that's what it was. Yeah. And then they like slide and then they catch out of nowhere and they have the gnarliest crashes. Okay. That's how NASCAR drivers are born. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a when baptism two by cars dirt. Slide into each other. A NASCAR driver is born, <laughs> and the F1 drivers are like, "Okay, young Reginald, get into the go kart. We're going kart racing." <laughs> I've decided that your British accent lands somewhere between Wallace and Gromit and Peppa Pig. That's what I came up on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's a good one, but anyways, yeah. So the NASCAR, you know, system is fundamentally built around kind of that slick dirt, 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 dirt. Monday, Monday, Monday. Kids get in free. Yeah, you get a free chicken wing at the dirt track <laughs> at the door. <laughs> free turkey leg at the door. That's how they come up through the ranks in our country. Yeah, you know, IndyCar drivers are kind of similar because there is still some ovals on the Indy circuit, so there's still a lot of people that are raised in that kind of discipline. But there's now starting to be that birth of that karting background, and so we've seen it with Alexander Rossi, Colton Herta, and then you know some of these Sergeant and a few other F2 drivers who are currently climbing the ranks and mm. l- looking like a a promising prospect for F1, but something that was really interesting that even Jeff Gordon said on Beyond the Grid in his interview was that that progression of where a driver starts in the U.S. and is raised to become a race car driver, Mm. it's just not laid out the same way. So we just Mm. haven't had that same trajectory to make it work. Yeah. Mm. And now we're, you know, it's starting, like I said, it's starting to shape up. With a bunch more circuits coming to the U.S., it's not something that we'll be seeing really quickly, but... I imagine, you know, five, six years, seven years from now, kids that have been at these circuits and are like, hey, I've been racing. I've been in some of these NASCAR feeders. Maybe I want to play with this a little bit. And uh, maybe they'd be able to get a lot of good money because they're American, because they're coming from America. And it's been 43 years since we had an American on the podium. Sounds like an eternity when we say five to seven years. But Mm. when you think about it, five to seven years ago, Lando Norris was 13. So, you know, right. I think that that is going to be a big turnaround. We're seeing right now there's like a big explosion of, you know, adults that want to put their children into something and mm-hmm. watch and invest in their future. Yeah. And so I think we're on the forefront of what will be the future. But yeah. we're, we're like I, I've said before, we're really close with Haas. They right. have Fittipaldi. 
Yeah, Fittipaldi. Pietra. Fittipaldi. I don't know too much about reserve drivers, but he could be called up any time this season. If well, if there's an injury, injury or, or COVID sickness, or something. Yeah. But how likely is it for reserve drivers to get a seat in F1? Esteban Ocon was a reserve driver for okay. Mercedes for the season he sat out after leaving Force India and then waiting for his spot at Alpine slash Renault. Mm. And a lot of guys who have formerly been drivers or are going to become them or whatever mm-hmm. will start as a reserve driver. So Mick Mick is currently a reserve driver for Ferrari. That's right. I don't know if this counts. If like Mick gets COVID and Fittipaldi, mm-hmm. Pietro. Uh, Pietro jumps into that seat, is he considered an F1 driver? I believe so. Yeah, I think right now he's still considered one. And he did race in Roman's place after the Phoenix fire. Oh, Pietro so a, ran that race. Okay, so we have had an American race. Yeah. Ah, technically, in yeah. the last couple of years. You know, it's funny. He doesn't pop up on these lists. So I feel like this one has some gray area as to whether or not he's considered an American driver. And why is that? Is he not I, a I superstar? He has, I think like, he has dual citizenship too. Which is funny because Mario Andretti is very much considered an F, you know, an American F1 champ. Huh. And we claim that one hard. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take whatever we can get, I guess. Big time. Yeah. I mean, we're America. (laughs) That was deep, sorry. (laughs) But yeah, like moving on to kind of like the current era, there's a lot of prospects. And Parker, you were kind of looking at this. Yeah, uh, right before things kind (laughs) of lost their energy last (laughs) week. Uh, (laughs) Am I right? You you aren't wrong. We were just looking into some up-and-comers, one of whom is Logan Sargent, who's currently in F2. Formula 2. Mm. Formula 2. He has a pretty good track record. He's got four podiums from the past three years. He's <laughs> more more podiums than I've got. Yeah, an American that's doing well from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Another Floridian. Another Floridian. Well, they have the Homestead Raceway right there, mm. which is you know a big stop on the NASCAR mm. circuit. Okay. Cool. Uh, we've also got much younger, but a 13-year-old Ugo Ugachukwu, cool. who is a signed McLaren racing driver. That's crazy. That they're that's the that's the Lewis Hamilton pathway. Yeah. Well, do you think that there's going to be more American drivers because Zach Brown is picking up these guys? From I definitely America? think there's favoritism for home nation, and I think that at no point or anything is that like discouraged i feel like uh-huh. it couldn't be you yeah. know especially if they have talent mm-hmm. zach brown and being a team principal for mclaren is a big deal being mm. a, an american at the helm of a british iconic british company how, how have we not talked about that as american in f1 he's running a team yeah it's huge and i mean danny rick i think and him get along mm-hmm. because americans and australians just kind of get along yeah and we sort of see eye yeah. to eye yeah <laughs> Colonizers. <laughs> they're, both, they're both children of a colonizer. Yeah. And sort of children of a kicked out of a country, but we pretend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, we've also got Jack Crawford, who yeah. has 21 podiums over the past two years. That's a lot. Quite a few. In F2. That's a lot. Yeah. He is racing for. He races for Red Bull. For Red Bull Jr. Yeah, the feeder teams. Another great up-and-comer. How old is he? Uh, he's like 17. Ooh. 16. 16. He's from Jer- Charlotte. I follow Jack on, Jerry on Instagram. and Red Bull's eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you haven't, old. He's if you haven't come to the sport yet, Christian, you might as well go Christian's home. just like too old. Give me a seven-year-old <laughs> and then we'll talk. 
And then finally, we've got Colton Herta from Santa Clarita in IndyCar. Andretti. And Herta is the son of Brian Herta, who was also an IndyCar driver. Oh, okay. Colton is really good. And Mm. where he excels and he shows his stuff Mm -hmm. is on street circuits. And that's something that's kind of unique is where, you know, a driver in IndyCar that can really shine on the kind of difficult tracks is, uh, I mean, it stands out like a sore Mm. thumb, especially Mm. against the guys who are running ovals all the time and that's where they're winning. And then you get a guy like Colton Herta, their first time at Laguna Seca, he just Mm -hmm. was kicking everybody's butt. And then last year at Nashville, he was dominating the race and accidentally piled Mm. it into the fence. And this year at at Long Beach, he unfortunately did the same thing. He was dominating the the race. And uh, locked it up and went into the tires. So, uh, you know, he's got a lot of promise. He's a really strong driver, and Andretti is his team. Hmm. So if the Andrettis come to Formula One and have a coming. team, there's a good chance we're going to see this kid. Which would be so cool. The previous guy who was racing for Red Bull, like he said, if Sergio Perez leaves Red Bull, he could be a likely candidate. Yeah, I mean, with Alpha Tauri, though, we are looking at a Pierre Gasly who is anxious to get out of that seat. Which is, yeah. they probably won't, though. There's a, a lot of rumors that Pierre may not stay with Red Bull. Yeah. I mean, that would make a lot of sense. That's so Red Bull. Yeah. Because Gasly is a great driver. Huge potential. Yeah. But it's, they just, Red Bull just wants that perfect trajectory guy that everything's perfect. And he's just like <laughs> yeah, it's out weird. of the womb. He's they got a weird. Red Bull tattoo and he just starts <laughs> racing and it's they, right into the seat and everything's perfect from race one. Yeah. And he's, he doesn't have that history. They do a physical where they actually take a blood sample <laughs> and they, they inspect your DNA. <laughs> yeah, and Max's <laughs> DNA was perfection. <laughs> right. Which is yeah, why like, they have no interest in an Australian. Or a Frenchman. And he's never made a mistake, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. he's a... He is a... <laughs> Never made a mistake. <laughs> it's so he's never weird. lost. He's never lost. He doesn't swear. And, and he, doesn't he doesn't swear. swear and he's he doesn't just, steal girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> he's amazing. Just like the Red Bull culture. Just like Christian. Kelly, just like Christian. Kelly PK. Yeah. Kelly PK can confirm. Is there anything else we have to talk about for American F1 drivers? Did we uh, leave anything we just, we just have a bright future is what we do have to talk about. <laughs> I love We're going to be gaining one race a year in America and pretty soon they'll all be in America. <laughs> It'll be all American drivers and we can finally achieve our goal. That's the goal of Haas boys yeah. Yeah. is to foster American F1 growth yeah. and take it from those pesky Europeans. <laughs> I just I just want to make like American pure bloodline stuff, but that's just like way too, <laughs> that's way too, too racist. Far. That's too you far. You should try. It. <laughs> it might not be too much. Cut that out. Cut that out. out. Yeah, no. let's not put that in. You never know. What I'm gonna do. Shifting gears. <laughs> well, we decided to kind of go out of order this week. Family. <laughs> um, Family. <laughs> How many gears does this car have? One man shifting gears eternally. I think <laughs> Vin Diesel is family. Vin Diesel as Paul Walker as Danny Toretto as Danny Toretto. <laughs> Fast and Family fifteen. 
fast and family friendly 15. <laughs> it's not a movie. It's a it's a bucket of chicken from KFC. <laughs> the, fast and fr- the fast and family friendly 15. <laughs> it's really good though. Uh, yeah. Have you had it? The fast and friendly 15. It comes with tuna. Tuna instead of... Uh, Gravy? Yeah. <laughs> it's just deep fried tuna in the shape of a chicken leg. Kids love tuna. <laughs> <laughs> it's these pesky heritage companies that don't know anything about kids. If you're a fried chicken restaurant and you want the rights to our fast and friendly furious meal for 15. <laughs> right in. Das Hosboys yeah. at gmail.com. It's the same email for everybody. We're not too big for anybody. <laughs> I haven't moved on yet. This week, news about Haas. Heads on the chopping block, according to Otmar, who is on thin ice, buddy. You're on thin ice, Otmar. We're going to drop his segment if he's not careful. He's playing with fire because we have the dirt. And if he doesn't stop slinging it, we'll start. And Otmar's American, for crying out loud. Speaking of American team principles. Otmar's American. Hmm. I don't trust that name. (laughs) Yeah, he's a plant. (laughs) I... I am American. I am American. Otmar sounds more American than I do. No, seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's like, remember him talking about his teammates racing each other in Australia? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're just going to let them race. <laughs> yeah, when they yeah, get in the car. We're just going to let them race. We're just going to let them race. Crofty. I am, uh, now I can't do the Russian accent. I'm we stuck are, in I am born, bred American. <laughs> yeah. Name is Otmar von Schnaffenhauerheisen. <laughs> Just has a, a black curly mustache. <laughs> yeah, and a fake nose. Do and not know Artmar that you say. I am born in in Florida. Hey, Joe. <laughs> Name's Joe. I mean Kevin. <laughs> no, he's fine. He's totally legit. So he's just he trying say? to take down the only American team we have. Well, he's stirring up some trouble because what he said was, and I quote, there's been some bad news about this online, which is not true. Where people are saying that F1 is investigating Haas. But and what they are all not. he said is, I'm sure the FIA will investigate the Haas Ferrari connection. We do know they're getting their engines <laughs> from Ferrari, right? right? There's a connection. <laughs> well, and to further some of the discussion and some of the speculation that we have had around Ferrari and a development that was new to this season is that Haas has an outpost in Marinello. And that is a new development for the team where they weren't working quite that closely with Ferrari. Now, the difference between what Otmar is basically accusing Haas of and what is actually happening is basically information sharing, which in the Formula One, like the FIA regulations, is strictly illegal. Hmm? But how do you police Hmm? it? Wait. What does information sharing mean? Well, I get you right. It's specific, and it has to be boiled down to oh, yeah. like a fine detail. Like, what is what the heck is that line when you have the same engine? Yeah. Well, so Haas is using the Ferrari wind tunnel. Okay, but they're not using it at the same time. And so some of this is kind of an interesting, like, oh, so the, it's like both of them can test out little things here and there to give each one more of an advantage, which is essentially what Otmar is hinting at, but. He better not. But is that what's actually happening? We can't tell. Something that's interesting and something to take into consideration with the budget cap, which was newly introduced, Hmm. some of the development 
for Ferrari, some of the people who worked on the car went to Haas because they were then they weren't affordable for the sure. team within the budget. Sure. Cap. So that's a, that's a sensible move. So Ferrari went, okay, Haas, we're working together and separately at the same time. Here are some of the people we can't afford. Yeah. So similarities in the car, is that possible because these two cars were being developed prior to <laughs> the regulations being finalized? I think so. Where you have somebody like Otmar, who's a team principal, part of his game has to be political, poker face, try to get at the team who has been third in the constructors for a hot second there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Alpine's shaking in their boots. There's a lot of money on the line mm-hmm. and a lot of development cost. And Haas is kind of kicking their butt. Yeah. So Which, honestly, that, that was what I was just thinking is like, this is sweet. Yeah. Like nobody cared what Haas was doing last year. Yeah. It's awesome that people are coming <laughs> after them because it means that it's like, yeah, they're a little bit scary mm-hmm. to a team like Alpine. Right. We, we hear the talk about Toto and, and, and Christian going at each other over flexible wings or a DRS opening that's too big. Yeah. And no, this year we have Otmar Schaffenauer uh-huh. going after going Gunter. After Gunter <laughs> saying that he's a little too close to Ferrari. I mean, like, so funny. it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's great to be in this place, actually, because it just means that the car is really good. That's cool that in Marinello there are four amazing manufacturers Ferrari, Lamborghini, Pagani, and Haas. And Haas. <laughs> yes, I love being they, that list. They call them the big four in Maranello. <laughs> the big four. The big quattro. The grande quattro. Quadrafilio. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, this is just all about like, it's just suspicion and paranoia. Cloak and dagger. Yeah, I mean, and again, the political game in F1 is about as powerful as money. So... If you can make friends in all the right places, you can stir some things. And the That's good awesome. news is is that I, I feel like Gunter's personality is such a diffuser. Mm. If they were breaking a big rule and the FIA came to him, <laughs> right. he'd, be like, he'd be like, you want to investigate the toilet? Yeah, come on. Yes, it is. <laughs> you want to investigate secondhand toilet from Sebastian? <laughs> we had, we to had se- it for 10 years. <laughs> we had to sell the coffee machine. <laughs> so hot take, where does this go? I think from here, it's pretty white noise. The FIA hasn't made really any big moves, but something that has been noted by Gunter in response to this, because people have been asking him, uh-huh. was that the FIA has been at their facility in Marinello several times and is very aware of their operation and that there isn't really anything for them to have to dive into because there just really isn't an opportunity for that to be discovered or at least discover anything else. Yeah. It's awesome. So, I mean, dead in the water, in my opinion. Cool. But uh, Otmar's still on some thin ice, buddy. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to say, poke the bear one more time, Otmar. You'll yeah. see what the Haas boys have <laughs> got. <laughs> We're going to release that dirt yeah. about the cheese. Yeah, we've got a whole dossier right here in our hands <laughs> just waiting for WikiLeaks. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for the Otmar an hour to just... Originally, it was going to be like, hey, like, what's uh, the funny thing that we can make fun of? And it's like, let's make up some dirt. <laughs> let's like make it like breaking news sounding segment. Like, yeah. this yeah, is yeah. it. Otmar Schnaffenauer was caught beating homeless people in an hour. <laughs> the, worst, the worst part of this all. We did not expect this to get this dark. <laughs> the worst part of this all, and Parker, I need you to cut this out of the podcast. I searched. There's just nothing. The guy's so nice. Well, we don't know about that. <laughs> He's just so nice. We don't know a real about dude. That. 
Oh, we gosh. could frame it as he might be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody's proven that Otmar isn't spoken crack in the mobile office. No, nobody said it, but nobody didn't say it. <laughs> nobody didn't say it. Alpine, Alpine has to resort to making press releases about things they're not doing just to keep just us off of their looking more suspicious. It's because Haas boys, we have some weight yeah. in the F1 press. You don't know it yet, but we do. We throw around our weight and we get what we want. We we stir the And pot. we want Omar's head. Just, we don't though. Weekly press release is just like, in case anyone's wondering, we are not laundering money. It's like, <laughs> it's like what? Maybe we should investigate them for laundering money. And then it comes back to us who called it. Yeah. We get tons of listeners. <laughs> Everybody wins. This is maybe Omar should play ball with us. Yeah, this is a win for him. He, he'd come on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Omar, if you want to <laughs> overcome these, yeah. if you want to get ahead of it, come on the show. <laughs> I'll give you my personal cell. Yeah, the best way to get ahead of a story is just yeah, get ahead of it. Get ahead of it, and the best way to get ahead of it is come on Hoss Boys because that's where most of the stories are coming from. <laughs> it's a faultless plan. Well, uh, we want to lead into some questions from a listener. Yeah. Actually, one question from one listener. I think is pretty good. Um, is this a shift gears? Is this a gear we're shift? Downshifting. Uh, downshifting. Perfect. Oh, it's a, that was a Red Bull. <laughs> The question comes from from Sam. It's been a couple weeks since Sam has emailed a question in. We're always happy when he does. Okay, so Sam writes in and said, Slick or greepy tires is best. (laughs) Thanks so much for the question, Sam. Uh, so yeah, that's a good question. Tires. Slick or grippy tires? No, slick or grippy tires is best. (laughs) Born and bred. Um, What would you say? Yeah. And what is the difference? It's funny because he says slick, excuse me, slick or grippy, which a slick tire is a grippy tire, but maybe this is I mean, good, that's good a good time question, to get into I it. Because I felt like I've heard of slicks in racing, and I guess I assumed they were a, not grippy. They're crazy grippy, which is why they're, they're slick, because they're super mm. soft rubber. So treads aren't going to work on a gotcha. super with super soft rubber because of they'll break apart. Gotcha. But if you've just got a big chunk of super grippy, think like a climbing shoe okay. rubber or even softer than that. Like I've seen I've seen videos of people that pick up rubber chunks off of tracks and it's almost like asphalt tar in their hands. Mm. They're, they're like pulling it apart just with their bare hands. And okay, so weird. a slick tire is, is a grippy. crazy grippy. There's a good picture I'll throw up, which is like a drag tire when they're taking off and it's completely deformed. It's like a balloon that's not fully inflated. Yeah. It's really crazy looking. But basic answer is slick is grippy. And they want the grippy. A slick is just something that has no tread on it. And that means you're getting way more contact with the road than you would, you know, like an off-road tire. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're way they're way grippier on asphalt. Sorry, yeah, not on something like dirt, but on asphalt right. exclusively. 
much grippier than a treaded tire. Right, and to kind of speak to like the differences, right, between like a wet or an intermediate and then the slick tires, because the sport does run a treaded tire for rain situations. That was what I was going to ask. Like, well, then how does the tread work in, in the rain? A tread is designed in different forms and to play the advantages of, of you know, each situation. So a intermediate tire or the wet tire for F1 is to disperse the surface tension of water that's gathered on the track. So if you have a slick, then you're just a flat piece of rubber on a very wet surface and you have no grip. Mm -hmm. But if you put the different grooved tires where there is now a high point and a low point in the tire, the, 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 the way that the tire is designed that it is to evacuate water and to remove okay. it from where it's at. Interesting. And allow the tire to make contact with dry tarmac. Okay, the water crazy. gets forced up into those channels and out the sides. And then pushed out, out the sides. Which is how every car tire that has a tread right. works. If you look crazy. at if you look at any tire tread, you can see that it's usually a channel that starts in the middle and wicks out in the direction of rotation. Right. Yeah. And so it's it's really cool and it's you know because of Formula 1 cars like capacity, they can move thousands of liters within like a lap. It's insane with just <laughs> oh like gosh. a wet or a, an intermediate tire. I'm curious to know, do you know what the composition is of a wet tire? Is it like a hard? Oh yeah, I think it is a little bit more of like... I, I, or is it harder than a hard? No, I feel like it, it, it falls under like kind of, yeah, maybe a little bit harder just because it has to keep that structure. Yeah. The interesting thing about the tire compounds in the sport, and this is, uh, you know, a good transition to a topic that's a, within this question. Totally. But, each weekend has a different compound that stretches across a full range of Pirelli tires that they have allotted for the season. And so you see the red, yellow, and white tires, but they're not the same every weekend. Oh. Yeah, and you yeah. hear the like different C grade for each weekend for your soft, medium, and hard tire. Okay, and so crazy. Different. But if it's a super hot track, those will be different types of tires. If it's a cold, wet track then those three will be a different, you know, some other sub. Right, and, and like levels of, of, tire. A, of mm -hmm. abrasion for how old the circuit is as wow. well as something that they consider when they pick a tire for a race weekend. This That's is crazy. Pirelli's job. One of the reasons that like you get that F1 testing and sometimes during practice, you'll see them throw on a black tire that has no markings on it. And that's a test tire. Mm. And what they're doing is they're gathering data for Pirelli to be able to kind of go, hey, we think that this tire matches this circuit and we'll use it next year. Yeah, or that's, that's team testing that they're throwing on a test Pirelli tire, kind of for Pirelli. Yeah, and each oh. team is required to do a certain amount huh. of Pirelli testing. Oh, and so like the postseason testing that they did last year at Abu Dhabi, a lot of it was for the 18-inch wheel for Pirelli to kind of get the tire, gathering some new data and knowing when it's going to like explode. So like to even put that into perspective, last year Pirelli was under some pretty serious scrutiny for Max Verstappen uh, blowing a tire at Baku when he was leading right. the race and, and the tire just Lance gave up. Blown up and Lance too. also had a really nasty accident with the tire exploding at as well. Baku. Yeah. Both at Baku. And they, you know, Pirelli said, nah, it was debris that caused both. But of course, that would be what they would say. Yeah. And so that selection of the range across the C1, C2, whatever, that selection became controversial on whether or not Pirelli had actually brought an appropriate tire for the weekend. Interesting. I was, in the way I think about it, tell me if I'm wrong. 
I when I think of like hard, medium, and soft tires, and then the intermediate for the rain. I'm thinking of like thickness because I don't know. It's right because they, it seems like they'll wear the hards down into softs and they get more grip. Right. I, and and I'm thinking about it because there was a race where Lewis. It was kind of rainy. I don't know where where it was, but he started off intermediates and he raced pretty much the whole race until his tires were slicks. The track dried out right, right and then right, he right. was just cruising because he had the perfect tire yeah, yeah. i think it was so, turkey turkey sounds right that's a really interesting and so that's point. what i think about like he's worn off an outer layer of tire so it has to be thicker than i think the softs were but maybe right. i'm thinking about that wrong no i think you're correct it's another height so it doesn't okay. have the same sidewall measurement and everything I think it does, but that tread does add a little mm. bit more height to the car. I think it looks so cool with the treads on. Well, and they have raced with tread in the past, and that was a requirement. So oh, there have been eras where they have had tread on the tires. Uh. But currently through the Pirelli era, they have been racing slicks, and then they do the intermediates for rain situations or, yeah. or full wets when it's like raining like it was in Spa last mm -hmm. year. But to your point... Yeah, Lewis had a tire that he wore the tread completely off of. A treaded intermediate that he wore all the tread off and, and then just ended up with a medium. Yeah, And by that time, it was like he was going a bit slower because the intermediates aren't grippy. Right. But everyone pitted. And in the time that they went to their pits, he just kept racing and he didn't need because it's just like, oh, he now has a new set of tires that are slicks. And he was comparable on lap time to the mediums. Yeah, it was Which crazy. was infuriating <laughs> everyone <laughs> on track. Such a cool play. Yeah. yeah very and cool. Honestly, one of the things that where Lewis is like, okay, buddy, you know, we get it. Cool move. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pulling like a you know dropping tax out on the road <laughs> who yeah. said that beat me was it you uh we were talking about bb's Did uh, I yeah that? yeah it was like it, an I, evil an evil i need no i need to quickly explain a story this is a small tangent but this we were watching the australian gp and max's dad comes in and and it, it wants to kind of know what we're watching and and uh, he catches some sparks coming out from under the car. Yeah. And he goes, so how come the car is sparking like that? What's, what's going on? And Parker quickly, as you guys have probably come to realize by now, is very, very quick to jump on an opportunity. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's actually it's just, just releasing BBs underneath the car <laughs> to uh, slow the driver behind down. It was a good moment. I wish we could have had that live on a recording. But uh, make the track really slick with some BBs. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the, to kind of like wrap up like tire conversation, the one of the things that's interesting right now about Pirelli's are that they have a certain operating temperature. And if you don't get that window right, the car does not perform. It becomes a huge issue. Mm. So if you think a couple years back when mm. Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon had really struggled with the Red Bull, the reason that they were having huge issues is that neither of them could get the car up to temperature. Uh, the tires. Yeah. And Max had it figured out and had been driving the car for a few years. Huh. And so he knew exactly where that optimal range was, would get it there and just set a screaming lap in qualifying. Mm. And the other two would struggle and they'd start somewhere 10th or worse. And it usually had to do with tire temperature. That's so weird to me that huh. you, you would struggle getting your tires up to temperature. That car is flying. How is it not getting up to temperature? Well, and then if you miss the window or overheat it, uh, then the tires start to do what they call graining and it's starting to lose a little bit of that surface. Uh, and degrading. And then at that point, it's no longer perfectly flat. 
and then you're not getting optimal grip. Uh-huh. And so there was a, there's a lot of talk around this Crazy. kind of thing. So anyways, the science behind the tire in the sport is absurd. But to answer the question very simply, a slick tire is extremely grippy. And they want the grippy. They do want the grip. That's a great answer and a great question. <laughs> that cues us in as we're heading to a race week. Um, we just wanted to get ahead about get ahead of the meme game. <laughs> what, what memes are we gonna see no matter what happens? Well, we've got a classic that's coming back this week, which is <laughs> I love it. Making a return. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> that an Aston Martin led the race this week. Yeah. And it was the safety car. What? Oh, slapper. Got him. <laughs> What's next, guys? Well, That's I a good like one. That's I halfway anticipate this being the same joke that they can make with the Mercedes. Because the Mercedes has also not been leading the race. So as we go back to the AMG GTR that they also use as a safety car. When does that happen? They kind of alternate oh, okay. races, so it yep. could be Imola. I don't know. I haven't okay. checked yet. Well, there's two. We might, All right, so there's... so swap out Aston Martin for Mercedes or whoever the heck is running the safety car. Right. What's the other one? Um, if Mercedes still continues to struggle, there's going to be the whole, like, Lewis tries to call in, and it's like, hey, Bono, or... Bono. Hey, Bono, <laughs> wh- whoever he talks hey, to. Hey, Sonny Bono, could you help like, me out? He's like, I want Valtteri to pass, but then he realizes Valtteri's on Alpha and, and then he doesn't have it anymore. And it's Botas just Botas smirking just, in his Alpha. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Oh, that's yeah. such a good one. I, I, you I know, can't wait for that one. I feel like... <laughs> to be super popular. We're be ready. Super <laughs> we're ready for another smug Botas face yeah. meme for sure. I think yeah. we're ready for one. Got any others? The first one would be and and I'm guilty of this one already, yeah. but Vettel scooter memes uh, yeah. are yeah. just burning a hole in the meme world. Yeah, yeah Mike uh, Mike dropped a real nice one on us <laughs> this week. He will he know he just wanted to stop by Haas HQ. That's right. If you're not following us on Instagram, what the heck are you doing? Yeah, at Haas.boys at Instagram and see that great meme. Yeah. Um, but then also know that there will be more moped memes coming out this weekend. <laughs> For sure. They're going to be will find some a abuse. Way. Yes. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, the combination driver. Have you guys seen this? Where they'll be yeah. like, don't worry, Carlando can't hurt you. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's hilarious. I mean, <laughs> I laugh myself it'll, it'll, you're to saying sleep. it'll just be a different driver this it'll week? It'll just be a different pairing. It'll be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Pierre's, uh, the Pierre Snoda, the Pookie can't hurt you. Right, right. That's just amazing writing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Chappelle. Uh, <laughs> Cosby. Uh, May. Cosby. <laughs> Chappelle. Aziz Ansari. Aziz Ansari. <laughs> Bill uh, Cosby. Uh, <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. And, and the guy who crushes watermelons. And the guy who makes <laughs> Carlando memes. That guy. Yeah. That's the, funniest the descending people in the world. order. Yeah. The descending order. That's for sure. <laughs> and then that leads us right into Imola. Um, Wait, basic- I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to end oh, yeah. that. Okay, 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 cool. This has been this week's free race meme roundup. <laughs> so that leads us right into Imola. We have a race this week. 
quick overview. I think the th- thing that I've seen is it's a sprint race, which is fun. Yep. The quickest way possible. Instead of doing qualifying, they will race for their starting position. It's exciting. And they do a very short version of qualifying to set the order for the sprint race, then run a short race. And then that race determines the starting grid. So there will be a Saturday race this weekend. Awesome. As well as the Sunday race. So be sure to tune in on both days. Awesome. And how can we compare Albert Park to Imola? That's a great question. Imola is, again, another like high-speed circuit. I mean, it's funny. It's I feel Italy. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's Italy. So Italy loves high-speed circuits. Mm. Right now, I feel like I've said that every week. Uh-huh. Like, well, these are fast cars. Yeah, exactly. And I think they in Formula a fast One. Car. Yeah. I Baby feel like got a ticket to Imola. Yeah, Monaco is probably the only <laughs> racetrack that's really not that fast anymore. Yeah. For the most part, they all are. But Imola again like rooted in the sport for a long time, so there's some historic significance, but really like cool. Ra- this is the track that Ayrton Senna was killed at. Oh. Um and again the same weekend another driver was killed, so wow. That has been known to be a dangerous circuit. And so tune in. Tune in for some action-packed racing. So we can racing. see that sweet Aston Martin meme safety car. Oh, that's oh. going to be awesome. <laughs> I cannot wait to laugh at that. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. I'm excited for Imola. It yields a good race, so I think we'll see some really close racing this weekend. And it's the fourth race. Wow. Isn't that crazy? We're already crazy. at the fourth race. It is crazy. And if it's in Italy, it's going to be crazy. I feel like the crowds will be very hyped to be there. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, especially with Ferrari being more dominant. It's pretty good, which is exciting for them. Happy for them. Yeah, Yeah. we haven't raced it at Imola since Ferrari has been competitive. The last time that we returned here, the car was really struggling. So Pierre Gasly, did he win? Monza. Monza. Gotcha. Well, thanks for listening to the Haas Boys this week. Max, Parker, and Mike. Always racing for the dreams that land in the stars. <laughs> Ever higher, so such shall it be for you. Watch your back, Chef Noah. It's not a movie, it's a bucket of chicken from KFC.